Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and this is episode 13. Hey, 13. Of this awesome show, and I am joined today by Katie. Hi. And Regina. What up? And we are reviewing one of my absolute favorites as a child. Mm-hmm. I know I say favorite for every movie, but this is actually this is true to my heart. Back when I was a wee child, watch this. Ladies and gentlemen, we watch Tales from the Hood. Woo! It's, it, it's a banger. So, if you don't know anything about this, it's a anthology film. And you know how much I love anthologies. It's one of the best ways to bring horror movie stories to people. Just make it like 15 minutes. Everybody can just digest that and be like, dang, that was good. Uh, so, Rusty Cundiff, he is the director of this and he wrote it. Uh, Rusty, he did uh, work for Chappelle's show. All the really good years. And he did a movie called Fear of a Black Hat. And so it was like a spoof biography of of N.W.A. But if it, it was a version of N.W.A. It's an absolutely funny, funny movie. Uh, tons of jokes and stuff in it. And so this film, he had help from Spike Lee. He was the executive producer of this. And so they presented four short African-American urban-themed horror stories. Uh, based on problems and not like problems like ah the wolf man or the mummy no problems in the African American community hey Jordan Peele does that yeah so uh, police corruption domestic abuse racism and gang violence and they all pop it into a frame narrative with a story about three drug dealers heading to a funeral home to talk to the very shady and weird director and just their issues with him <laughs> and how they want to get the shit. They just want the shit. And this man does not want to give them their shit without telling them some stories, which would have made me mad. He's like, hey, you want to hear a story about a creepy puppet? No, I do not, sir. I just want my drugs. Can I have my drugs, please? He's like, well, I'm going to tell you that story anyway. I'm like, mm, <laughs> I got stuff to do tonight. So uh, it's an it's absolutely amazing film. So like I said, I'm biased on this. But uh, Katie, what do you think about the movie? It was, um, a lot. (laughs) It was good and sad and heartbreaking and hard to watch. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was hard to watch in 1995. Hard to watch any Yeah, in with 2021 vision, it was even harder or hard to deal with the language choices. I mean, I know that language is still being said all over the place and people just seem to not give a fuck and think that they can say words that they can't um but it's weird seeing it in a movie that you know isn't placed in the 1800s like when you watch things like Django Unchained you expect to hear that word being said by slave owners but you don't expect to hear it you know in movies from 1995 or things like that just because it's been phased out as like we're trying to attempted to be phased out as much as it can from media like popular media like movies and things i mean i know that it gets still gets said all the time but that fucking politic one was just the most like oh yeah <laughs> don't just don't say the n-word like I have a good like, story about... Don't say it. Yeah, and I have a you, good story about that If part. you really feel like you need to say it, um, you better not be white. 
Just or don't do get, it. Or you get chewed up. Just don't. Like, especially not with a hard R. How dare you? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that, real. That's what I gotta say about that. Extra real. <laughs> Regina, what about you? Um, I thought it was gonna be a lot scarier than what it was. I know we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, but I feel like if I had watched this when I was younger, I would have been, yeah, like, scared yeah, I was, shitless. I was fucked up watching yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot. That was definitely a lot. Um, but overall, like, I think it was a solid film. Um, especially for its time, just, like you said, speaking on, um, you know, some major issues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought that it was you know, pretty awesome that they decided to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and it like, they didn't beat around the bush. It was like in your face, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. Some of my favorite horror movies are the ones that just show real stuff. Like that's what Katie always says. That That's what bothers her. Like things that could actually happen to her. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, this story, this dude's like a zombie ghost thing. That's scary. But Hey, before when he got like beat up by cops because he was like an activist and they like planted drugs on his like dying body. That's pretty fucking scary and that could yeah. happen. So things like that. And like like I said, Jordan yeah. Peele, there are people right now making movies uh, that are like, hey, this movie's about a ghost monster thing. But we're going to bring up gentrification too. And they're going to bring up racism. And it's like, ooh, that's that good scary because it's like, ah, I'm bothered by this. Um, yeah, and uh, Rusty kind of, uh, he's a comedian, so I, honest to God, just hand in my heart, I honestly think comedians are probably some of the best people to make horror movies, because they know, like, that line to just get stuff to, to hit you real good, because jokes in horror, for some reason, is really close to each other, that's why Jordan Peele's really good at it, he can make something funny, he makes something, make you really think. So, um, yeah, this movie hits all the spots. I, like I said, it's it's silly. When I see the caretaker, uh, Mr. Sims, he makes me smile until the end. But uh, he's a mess. But, yeah, this movie is was scary. Like I said, 10-year-old me, this movie fucked me up. And I watched it a lot. And it fucked me up good. I watch it now, I'm like, this movie is so good. It, it puts a smile on my face when I'm, like, talking about it. So, uh, like always, we'll get through the story. Like I said, frame narrative. So... The, the big main story and then the tiny little stories in between. So we'll get through it. So uh, welcome to our mortuary is your the main story of this. So trio drug dealers Stack, Ball, and Bulldog. <laughs> some name. Uh, they arrive at, at Sims' funeral home to purchase some drugs to shit from Mr. Sims. And so uh, Mr. Sims said he found the drugs in an alley and he's been storing them in the mortuary. And so they're like, okay, well... We just want our shit, you know. Just don't tell nobody we're here. Just give us the stuff, and and so um, they bump into one casket of Clarence Smith, and uh, they're like, "What happened to this dude? What happened to him?" He's like, "I'll tell you a story," and they're like, "Okay." So they're like, <laughs> the first one, they're like, "Okay, I mean, we got time." Uh, so the first story, Road Cop Revelation. Um, this young black police officer, Clarence Smith, he's taken in by his new partner, a uh, white guy, and it's a routine traffic stop with a black man, and they find out that this man is Martin Ezekiel Morehouse. Man, what a, 
What a fucking metaphorical name right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's a city councilman and a black rights activist. And so he is trying to take out police corruption in the city. So a lot of cops that are kind of corrupt don't really like him. So uh, he gets attacked a little bit by the cops and actually tells Smith to go run his numbers and check some stuff out. And while he does that, the song Strange Fruit by Ella Fitzgerald? No, Billie Holiday. Yes. Yeah, plays, and they proceed to beat the ever-living shit out of Martin Morehouse. They womp him up good, and so, like, Smith runs up. He's like, what are you guys doing? Like, dude's a good guy. He didn't do anything wrong, and, and you know, like, it always pops up. He's like, well, uh, he tried to attack me, and blah, 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 and he's like, okay, Smith, uh, we'll take Martin to a hospital, so you just hop in your car, and don't worry about this. Hey, man. We're out here risking our lives. Don't break the code, man. That's the cop code. You're not supposed to rat on each other because we're brothers. Don't forget that, Smith. And he's like, okay. And so uh, Smith and shitty cop number one, (laughs) they leave. And the other two cops take Morehouse. They don't take him to the hospital. They take him to the docks. And they actually plant drugs on him and in the car and pushes his car into the water with him still in the car and actually drug him pump him full of drugs and so he's found dead and everyone's like oh that dude was just high on drugs like this dude's a drug dealer like maybe the cops aren't that bad unfortunately that's how life works sometimes shittily so uh one year later smith he left the police force and he's just a drunk and very depressed and stuff and so he actually he sees a mural of morehouse a very scary looking mural like i know it's supposed to be like you know, really cool pictures. You know, we see George Floyd. He has a, a mural and stuff. It doesn't look scary. This one's fucking scary looking. But <laughs> um, he sees, and this is the Spike Lee part, obviously, because he loves his images. Uh, he sees Morehouse actually being crucified, and he, and Morehouse tells him, bring them to me. And so he's like, okay, I'll do it, because I owe you something, because I did not help you out before. And so he convinces the three officers to to meet at Martin's grave on the anniversary of the murder. And so uh, Smith tells the cops off for killing Morehouse, and he's like, I know you guys did it, and you like messed up my reputation because he's not a cop anymore. And then two of the cops were about to kill Smith, and then uh, one of the cops decides to piss. I'm going to piss on that grave. <laughs> and he proceeds to piss on Martin's grave. Oh, no, hand comes out. Martin Morehouse is now a zombie. A zombie that appears and reappears in places. And so the cops, they start running off. They're like, holy shit. Uh, he is not a normal zombie. He walks when you look at him. But the second you look away and look back, he is closer. And if you look away long enough, he is in front of you somehow. And so he chases them all through um, just the neighborhoods. I believe they're, I don't know if it's in South Central or not. I assume everything's moderately close. But uh, the cops, they shoot at Martin's body. No effect. Uh, they run off. And so uh, Martin, one of the cops gets out of the car and he actually like gets his head like ripped off. <laughs> and one of the cops shoots the car and it explodes. And Martin's like on fire and he falls and he's like, I did it. Hooray. Uh, he ends up in an alley. And then uh, all these needles and stuff that are in the alley just like puncture the man in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, the cop, the shitty cop, the main one, he gets pinned to the mural of Morehouse's 
image, and Martin actually like puts him into the mural, and so this white cop is just in it, and he's gonna be there forever. He's like, "Welcome to my nightmare." On like, a cross. Yeah. Yeah. Oh like... man. <laughs> so all the cops are done, and Smith says, "Like you know, I'm, oh, I hope you got your revenge." And he's like, "Nope, not yet." He's like, "Why didn't you help me when they were beating me?" And he, you know, he didn't have a good answer because he was very, very conflicted, sadly. But Martin doesn't kill him. He just puts him into this, uh, I don't know, messes his brain up, I guess. And so uh, these uh, people at the crazy house, they're like, hey, man, do you hear he killed all these officers? He was like, and he was a cop himself. He, like, just murdered them. It's like, dang, that's crazy. (laughs) And then the story ends. And so uh, three drug dealers are like, like, dang, that was, that was pretty crazy, man. What about the shit? <laughs> and unfortunately, they look into another casket. And so it, it's funny. Um, in the second casket, was it a boy or was it a burnt body? It was a burnt body. So there are different versions of this movie. And there was one where they had a little Walter. So apparently something happened to him after the movie or his mm-hmm. story. And so I was like, no. <laughs> but... uh I like the version where it's just a burnt, crispy body. <laughs> just a tiny microwave little thing in the in a casket. And so they're like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, I'm going to tell you another story. He's like, god damn it, we just want our drugs. <laughs> so the second story, Walter Johnson, uh, just a tiny, quiet little boy. And uh, he has bruises on his cheeks and eye, on his cheek and eye. And his teacher, Richard... Actually, Rusty Cundiff, he's the director. He put himself in the movie to get beat up. <laughs> and uh, he sees the bruises. He's like, Walter, did, like, did, a, did the, a bully do this to you? And he's like, no. He's like, well, who did it? You know? And he's like, the monster did it. And he's like, what are you, are you talking about the monster? And he's like, yeah, man, I, I, I can't talk to you about this. So um, a few days later, he has a bruised arm. And it's in the actually show at night... Walter's sitting in his room, and then he just hears these weird sounds, and then he just kind of clicks his light off, and he sits there, and he's like, a few times he just kind of cries, and then you see the doorknob just jiggle, and then the door cracks open, and you see a monster hand come by and just kind of push it open, and he's like, oh, shit, and and you just hear him just wailing in pain, so this monster, there is an actual monster attacking this kid at night, and so uh, Walter... Uh, the next day at school, uh, Walter sits inside and he's drawing pictures of Tyrone and the monster. And so Walter says that if that he can overcome things that he doesn't like, that he keeps talking about it, if he can just destroy the image of it. And so uh, the teacher leaves and then Walter crumples up a picture of Tyrone. And then Tyrone breaks, what, both his arms and legs? He falls down the stairs, yeah. Yeah. And- just destroys everything and the teacher's like the damnest thing he just like fell and everything broke like it doesn't make sense (laughs) so hey there seems to be some power in this so the teacher actually goes to walter's home and talks to walter's mom uh paula jai parker i love her um about the monster she was in friday she was the uh bad girlfriend craig's (laughs) shitty girlfriend at the beginning (laughs) so um she claims that walter's injury injuries or just he's just a clumsy little boy and and so you find out that uh, her name's sissy sissy has a boyfriend carl he comes home and so the teacher talks to him and carl you can tell um 
there's very much little clues that uh, Carl is a very stern and mean person, and everyone's afraid of him in that house. There's very, like, pauses of silence, and you're like, oh, shit, this is scary. So, Mr. Garvey, he leaves, and so, and you find out that this is the monster, because Walter um, finds a picture, oh, actually, uh, Carl, he finds a picture that Walter made of the monster, and he's like, oh, you think this is funny? Like, oh. Okay, well, I guess I didn't hit you hard enough. And so he starts to beat the kid. And so his mom runs in because she's like, this, this is too much. Stop hitting him. And so uh, the mom, she starts getting attacked by Carl. So the teacher runs back inside and he sees that Carl's just destroying everybody in his house. So <laughs> the teacher runs in and you think he's going to save the day instantly. He does not. He gets beat up just as bad as them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's getting beat up. And so Carl... Knocks out the teacher, and he's going to kill the mom. He's done with this. And so Walter grabs a picture that he made of the monster, and he folds one of the arms. And it his the Carl's arm breaks. It just snaps behind him. And so you realize the picture has all the power, and Walter proceeds to just fold it up and crumple this. And so Carl's body just collapses and just into this, like, blob of people. And he's still yelling at him. He's like... Tell him, you're not through with me. I'm always going to be here. And so Sissy, the mom, she steps on the paper to kill Carl. And then the teacher gives the paper to Walter, and Walter burns it. And I was like, yeah. And so Carl's body is burned. And so it makes more sense, you know. Like, Why it's a burned body. Yeah, the, in the... The, <laughs> the gross, crusty body that we see. And so the gangsters are like, damn, this is pretty fucked up, man. So the second they hit the coffin and close it, a little creepy doll falls. And they're like, what the fuck is that doll about? And Mr. Sims is like, I'll tell you about that creepy ass doll. <laughs> and he said, it's not, a, it's not an ordinary doll, but a vessel for a lost soul. So uh, this is one of my favorite stories. So Duke, old Duke, he is a senator, a very racist southern senator. And he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in his past. But, you know, hey, he's not in that now. So he's running for governor, and so he is running uh, for governor, and he actually is in a old plantation house uh, owned by his ancestor, and so that instantly just gets people all up in arms, because this dude, he's, he was a former Klansman, and he's setting up office in an old plantation house, and like, just, it's a, the absurdity of it. So, uh, Eli is his... Uh, what a hype man? No, not not no, not Eli. His like name manager? is manager. Yeah, and so there's a guy actually outside. Um, Eli. He tells the reporter that the PlayStation oh. was haunted by dolls uh, of the souls of the tortured slaves. So slaves at that plantation were tortured, and then their souls uh, were put into the dolls. And so he's like, "Hey, you'll find out one day. You keep messing around, mm-hmm. you'll find out about these damn dolls." So Duke. Um, he talks to his image maker, uh, Rody, and so he um, they go over some questions that he might get about uh, about the slavery and the dolls and stuff like that. And he's working through it, and uh, you know, there's some he there's some lines in this. It's an absolute mess, but I'll talk about this this story. So, according to legend, the dolls are still in the house somewhere, and he's like, I looked. Under every floorboard, I've looked everywhere in this house, I have not seen any creepy little dolls, so that is not real. Uh, but working on his questions, Rody 
just stumbles and falls down the stairs and he dies. And so at the funeral, uh, that same old black dude's like, hey, see, it got him. It's going to get you. And he's like, nah, get out of here. How did he know where we were? <laughs> um, at the funeral, in the limo, one of the dolls is there. And he's like, what the hell is this? Nyah. Throws it out into the street. And so later, Duke is looking through the footage and he realizes there was a damn doll in the corner of the picture right by Rhodey's foot. So he's like, oh my God, the doll did it. And so <laughs> he's a little, a little worried about this. And so... He goes to the painting, and the painting has a blank spot. Like, uh, and it's a painting of the um, main lady. She was apparently a voodoo witch. She had magic powers. And the picture is her and, like, I don't know how many slave dolls. Like, little people in the picture. And so one of them is gone. And so he's like, oh, my lord. <laughs> and so now the doll is animated and it is fighting Duke. And it, it's doing some damage to him. Anytime it gets close enough to him and it bites him, it has like little razor teeth. So he stops the doll. He beats the shit out of it with American flag symbolism. <laughs> and <laughs> he actually hits the painting with the flag symbolism. Mm -hmm. And the painting starts to bleed. He hits the lady right in her face. And so she starts to bleed. So he takes the doll outside on the porch and he puts it on a dartboard and he shoots it with his shotgun. And it does some pretty good damage. And he goes back inside, yelling out some racist, hilarious, racist things. Uh, I'll talk about why it's hilarious. And so he looks back at the painting. Oh, my Lord, there are more images from the painting that have faded to white. There's more dolls in the house, and they're ready to fight. And so <laughs> uh, the doll that he shot earlier is back and chases him into his office. So he locks the doll outside, and now he looks at the painting all the dolls' images have faded to white. They're all in there. He turns around, he sees an army of dolls, and then the same doll is in there too, so it doesn't matter about doors. They just appear in there. And so he covers himself in the American flag like a bedsheet. He's like, oh, my Lord, please don't kill me. Symbolism. And the dolls jump on him, and they chew his ass up. And so the lady, Miss Cobbs, hey, it's Rusty's mom. He put his mom in the movie. <laughs> Uh, she sits in her rocking chair, and the first doll, it, we should have had a name, let's call him Bob. Bob's sitting in her lap. I'm like, dang, that was fun, we killed that man. So, at this point in the movie, the dealers, they've heard three stories. I don't know how time-wise stories work. You know, we, we see 20 minutes, I don't know if it's 20 minutes for them. Right. At this point, they're like, bro, come on, man, I just want my drugs, like, just get to it. And so... Uh, one of the, the drug dealers sees a corpse in another room, and he tells the other guys, yo, yo, y'all need to see this dude. And so Sims is like, hey, do you know that guy in the casket? And Bulldog's like, I, I mean, that might have been a dude we've seen somewhere in the in the neighborhood, maybe. You know, I'd, hey, I might have seen him somewhere. And so Mr. Sims tells the story of Crazy K. And so uh, his name's Jerome uh, Lamont Bentley. I remember him from... Uh, he was in Moesha, uh, the show, and the Parkers. I remember those two. Uh, he passed away. I forgot when. But yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He was a good actor. He did really good in this movie, too. So, he is a gangster and a, and a psychopath, honestly. He killed tons of people for, like, mm -hmm. no reason. So, he's driving down the streets of L.A., and he sees one of his rivals, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm gonna roll up on this dude, which, as you do as a gangster. And so... He kills 
uh, the dude blows him away. And so, unfortunately, he's out on the neighborhood. His buddies shoot at him. And so he gets hit a couple of times. And before they can kill him, the cops arrive at the scene. And it's funny. He's like, saved by the pigs. He's like, ain't that a bitch? So uh, he's bleeding. He's badly injured, but still alive. So he gets arrested and sent to prison, uh, life without parole. So a couple years later, uh, he uh, a doctor comes to his prison cell and tells him that there's an experimental trial that they can do. And if he gets through it, he'll be released from prison. And so he's like, okay, that's cool. So Crazy K, he meets this inmate, uh, this white supremacist, and he talks about all the black people he's killed. And he's just, he loves killing black people. It's the funnest thing in the world. And Crazy K, he's really mad about it. He's like, you know, why are you killing black people? And then the guy's like, well, what what race were the people you killed? And Crazy K's like, oh, you right. And he's like, yeah, you're just like me. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're pretty cool, dude. So uh, when the white people take over and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure you don't die. I'll spare you because you're cool. And so uh, the doctor tells him um, that she put him in that spot so he could meet someone that was just like him. And so uh, she's been hired by the government to do this rehabilitation process. And so uh, very crazy and weird. So it's very much a like uh, Clockwork Orange. Uh, he's put through a lot of crazy things. Like uh, his eyes aren't just held open and eye drops, but they drop him into a sensory deprivation yeah. chamber, and yeah, yeah it, craziness happens. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy stuff. So he's in this like gyroscopic spinny thing, and so he is forced to see images of clan members and actual lynching victims and gang violence. Uh, this part sucks. If you're not ready for that, there are tons of images. They're like, this is some horrible shit. And hey, that's that's history. <laughs> so the doctor, she yells multiple times. She talks about it. He's like, Crazy K, you killed tons of innocent black people. Like, with no remorse. Like, you're just like these crazy people. Like, you're not that good of a person. So the next trial, he's in a sensory deprivation tank, like Regina said. And so he's actually confronted by the people that he's killed. And so a lot of them are like, you know, gang members and people like him. But then, unfortunately, one of them, actually a couple, were people that are just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And one was a little girl in that he was in a shootout and one of the bullets hit her. And he's like, hey, man, I didn't want to shoot you. That's not what my prerogative. It's just you were in the wrong place, wrong time. Like, you know, my bad. But he's like, I had a shitty childhood too, so, you know, fuck you. And so he, the doctor wants him to accept his responsibility about this. Like, I don't know, have some type of remorse about this. And unfortunately, he doesn't. And the doctor says that he won't get another chance of forgiveness. This is it. He's got to be like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry or anything. And he grabs like a hostage and says, fuck you. No, I don't want to do this. And so Crazy K is transported back to the moment where he was shot. And this time he is shot by the three gunmen. They light him the fuck up and leave his corpse in the street. So after the story, the three drug dealers, uh, it's revealed that they were the killers. <laughs> and so uh, the drug dealers at this point, they are done with Mr. Sims because he's like, I don't know how you know that story. I don't know how you know it was us. 
but we need our shit, man, and we're going to shoot you, dude. Like, you know, we will kill people. And so Mr. Sims, uh, <laughs> he screams, he makes these crazy noises, but Mr. Sims like, okay, okay, I'll take you to the shit. It's in the basement. Just, just follow me to the shit. Uh, and so he walks down there. They don't see him, but every time he walks by a light, he doesn't touch the light. He puts his hand close to it, and, and it just lights up. They don't see that. I'd have been like, well, how did you turn that on? But at this point, they're just mad. So Sims takes him to the this deeper room in the funeral home, and he tells him that the reward are in the three closed caskets. And so the drug dealers open the caskets. Oh, no. It's them. They were dead the whole fucking time. <laughs> and so... Mr. Sims makes their guns super hot, and they drop them, and he explains that after the murder of Crazy K, that they were killed by some of Crazy K's friends, and so, you know, just like gang violence, it's like, hey, I kill you, and your buddy kills me, and my buddies kill your buddy, it's just how it works, unfortunately, and so, a bulldog, one of the drug dealers, he doesn't understand how he can be dead, and they feel like they're alive in the funeral home, and he's like, actually, this... This is actually my 14-word synopsis, but I'll be quick about it. He's like, this ain't no funeral home. Well, this is hell, bud, and I'm the devil. And so he instantly turns, and the drug dealers realize they're in fucking hell, and they're just screaming and stuff, and then that's the end of the movie. Uh, it's a good one. That ending part, you freaked me the fuck out. Uh, I'm not even believing that kind of stuff, but it looked scary, scary stuff. So... Um, I know there were multiple stories, and so if you have more than one, like, favorite character, we'll just do it like that. I told Regina we would do it by story. Hey, I like so, that too. So we would just pick a favorite story from the movie, Andy. and a least favorite story from the movie. Okay, I like that. So, Katie, what was your favorite story? My favorite story was the police brutality story, um, because all them cops got fucked in the end. Yes, they did. It was really heartbreaking and sad to watch. A majority of that story was heartbreaking and sad. But seeing those cops get fucked at the end was just great. They deserved it. Yep. <laughs> it, had the, it had the biggest payoff for what was happening to the other character. Like, the other characters. Agreed. Um, Regina. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. I am, like, super glad that those cops got theirs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you very rarely get to see justice yes. like, like, happen so quickly oh, like that, you Ugh. know? Um, I couldn't pick one. <laughs> couldn't pick a favorite? Yeah. Um, and so I just picked a character. I did pick a character. Okay. Um, and I went for the teacher in the second one. Yeah. Because I feel like he's the only one who was really, like, for fighting for, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> what was right, right? Like, yeah. um, as much as the cop in the first one um, sort of attempted to do yeah. something, he like, some they addressed that yeah. in the end. Yeah, it's like, you didn't do enough, bro. Yeah. Like, that teacher went in in the second one. So, if I, okay, if I had to pick one, then I'd say the second one. Because yeah. this little boy, you know, he gets justice for, you know, or... Somebody who's fighting for him. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of it all, he's like, well, I'll take care of him myself, you know? Yeah. And he, like, ends up, you know, um, taking this horrible monster down, this yeah. 
you know, the guy his mom's dating or stepdad or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was all for that. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny. Every time I watch it, um, one of the stories kind of pops out at me, but I love all of these. But if I had to pick one, it's probably, and the name is hilarious, it's KKK Comeuppance. So it's the one with the dolls. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of it. Um, so it's funny. Um, the, the actor, Corbin Bernson, he was Duke. Um, he's apologized his for... His name was Duke. Yeah, he apologized for his character. He's like, y'all know that's not me. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm an actor and that's what I do. So it's funny, the director and all the people, the black people in the back, all those nicknames and things he was yelling at the dolls, they, they were laughing in the back crying. Because mm-hmm. just, the way, it's just, it was so absurd that he was fighting off slave dolls. And he was just like, this is a mess. <laughs> they were like, it's so funny. But, um, I love that Was it story. like Leo in freaking, um... Oh, Django. Django, where he would like didn't want to say it. Yeah, they were like and they had hey, to like man, kind of pressure him into saying it because he was just like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Yeah, and they had to kind of be like, I mean, I know you're worried about this, but but Duke, Duke would say it. Duke's the racist, and Duke gets chewed up by slave dolls later. So don't don't really worry about it. You're fine, bud. Yeah, you'll be alright. Uh, but I love all the stories. But if I had to pick like a person as my favorite, uh, fucking Walter, the little kid, uh, Walter did work out there. It's like, don't kill my mom. Mm-hmm. Give that arm. <laughs> he just snapped him up. So um, he was a brave little kid, man. Like, shit. Monster was coming and whooping him up every night. So I was like, that's some scary shit. So uh, what was your least favorite story, if you have one? Mine was the politician, the KKK comeuppance. Um, <laughs> but it was the least interesting to me. Like, I, I liked the lore behind the voodoo dolls yeah. and the how the slave, like, the slaves of that house, of that plantation, like, buried their master or whatever, like, way in the fuck away and then just, like, took over the house. Like, that was dope. But the politician and, like, how his side of it came in, like, the modern side of that story was just kind of fell flat and made me more angry than, like... Like, him dying wasn't enough comeuppance for me for how many hard R N-words that dude dropped. Real. Like, it was so uncomfortable. And just, like, you could feel the awkwardness that he was having to do while saying it. And it was just, like, it was a lot. I don't know. I like the idea of the dolls, like, taking over and doing it. But it was weird because he was, just, I don't know. If it had been, like... It's David Duke. It's not just some politician named Duke. It's David Duke. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> Let's slaughter the Grand Wizard of the KKK. Like, fuck that. But this is just like some random politician guy, like some random white guy, and it was just like, I hate you already. Like, I don't care that you're dying. I'm, yeah. It just means nothing to me. Yeah. Well, I think that was their nod to it because he was he's yeah in the clan at some point. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, the past of the past or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it just was the least interesting of the oh, yeah. four stories to me. Oh, yeah. It's very to the point. It's like, yeah. dolls are attacking this man. <laughs> yeah. Though I, I will say, I would watch a whole movie of, uh, like, voodoo slave dolls attacking racists. <laughs> oh, hands down. That'd be fucking like, great. Yes. Sign me up. Please. Because that is, like, Puppet Master 17. I'd re- watch these shit. Right. Out of I think you're yeah. that Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah like Please. Puppet Master Seventeen, oh. Revenge of the Plantation Slaves. Oh like, my god, just, that'd be so good. Yes, just crushing the KKK from the inside. Yes. Like I would watch the shit out of that. 
But That'd be so good. I don't know. It just was lackluster to me compared to the other ones. Yeah. Regina. Uh, yes. Totally agree. Um, I am going to pick the first one, but not... Be- more so because it's so hard to to watch these cops oh, yeah. like yeah it was do really this hard. guy this way you know like and the powerlessness you feel yeah. oh. like just that it's like you just want to take them down right then and yeah. there you yeah. know and yeah. like to feel that um injustice you know yeah. um it's a lot yeah. it's a lot to watch and i don't like to watch stuff like that so like that's why more so why it's my least favorite not so much like, I'm glad that they get theirs in the end, yeah. but it's, it's real hard to watch stuff oh, yeah. like that, you know? I actually, well, ditto on that, but that one's not as bad. The uh, In the last story uh, with Crazy K, uh, all those images, when he's getting spun around, and he can't, like, stop but look at them and stuff. All mm-hmm. the, the lynchings, the real pictures of lynch- I'm like, yeah. fuck, man. Uh, like, <laughs> history sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so. and then, like, Homeboy, the original black cop in the beginning, like, he gets blamed for everything in the yeah. end, you know? And it's just like... Yeah. Um, like, watching it for, like, back in the day, like, you know, these cops are, like, beating this guy, and he's like, you know, you had no reason to stop me, and then they take out his taillight, and it's like, oh, you got a broken taillight. So yeah. it's like, even watching stuff like that, like, there's nothing you could have done about it back then. I mean, there's not a lot you can do now because of yeah. all the shady stuff that happens but it's just, just like hope you have a dash cam and a GoPro right on. right yeah. and hope Jeez. there are people around to like be your witness you know yeah. like it just yeah it's a lot yeah so. yeah it sucks but yeah uh, go figure the real spots of this movie sucks really hard mm-hmm. yeah so I mean but they know what they're doing that's, that's right why right it's like sucks. it gets under your skin it gets yeah. under your skin this shit sucks so with the minority kill count this a pri- this is a primarily African American cast, so I guess it's all the white folks that die. Okay. So uh, Duke. Duke dies, and then the three, three cops. cops. Three cops. And then I don't think no one in Walter's story, the kid one, it was all black people. Yeah. But he died. But there's more. Yeah. Uh, no one in the gang member story either. Yeah, they were all dead already. So four. 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 So we are at 166 and a Tito Turtle. And a whole lot of ghosts. <laughs> a lot of ghosts, yes. But, yeah, I'm not counting all these ghosts. <laughs> so let's do seven-word synopsis. I have a couple because I love this fucking movie. So uh, my first one is, those slave puppets are still super creepy. Uh, I ain't playing. Uh, I love... Like cool mementos, but I would not have one of those little slave puppets. They got the razor teeth, man. I mean, I know I'm not doing bad stuff, so they wouldn't chew me up. Well, they're not just puppets; they're voodoo dolls. Yeah, I'm not playing them games. Uh, So the next ones are lines that actually Mr. Sims says. That's actually my favorite character, Mr. Sims. He's like a black Kirk keeper, but he says, "Yes, Walter killed the monster." Great line. It's one of the best lines. And then at the end, before the revelation of you're in hell he says this ain't no funeral home this ain't the terror dome neither welcome to hell motherfuckers and then the snake tongue comes out and then they're like oh shit you know <laughs> they're like oh we we start uh, but yeah katie uh that teacher would have recognized abuse in home yeah 
I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he had his, he had his ideas that it was, but yes and no. A teacher is part of the training to become a teacher is learning about these different signs of abuse. You're learned to look out for them. If a kid comes to school and he's bruised all up, and yeah. it's not because of the fight that he just had. But it's because of the monster in his house that came after his daddy died. Wasn't well, that the whole point of him visiting the house? Yeah. Like to. Yes. But it took a couple of days but, of seeing it. But he would not have been like, oh, the mom's not reciprocal of this monster story that I'm telling. You know what I'm going to do? Stepdad. Hey, yo, your kid is telling me a story about this monster. Like, you don't go to the abuser and be like, hey, are you abusing your kid? Like, that's not, he literally did that. I was like, you know what you should do? Go abuse your kid some more. So I'm going to tell you this embarrassing story about you that your kid thinks. And I'm, then I'm going to leave because I hope everything works out just great. Like, no no teacher's doing that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like that, that's true. He, he didn't start a putt. Because the mom was even like... No, you can't say, don't say anything, right. just leave. Right. Like, I, like, you have to leave, you can't be anybody. Like, that's clear, very clear signs that she is also being abused. And he should have just kept his fucking mouth shut. Like, stay by the door and wait till you hear some shit. But it was not his place to just be like, so, I hear you're terrorizing your family. <laughs> and then proceed to just get whomped on by and have the whole family get whomped on like i don't know he made some poor choices in the moment and that was upsetting regina <laughs> uh so i picked uh mortician spooks some sense into drug dealers yeah uh and shitty crooks get theirs in the end hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the truthy truth god that's funny. So, this film came out May 24th, 1995. Good lord, it's old. <laughs> uh, so, what do you guys think the budget for this film was? Katie. Uh, this was Spike Lee, right? Yeah, he uh, produced it. $10 million. Regina. I said eight. Eight? Just because it's seems a little bit <laughs> more low budget. Yeah. And back then, I feel like... Less was more. Like, less went oh, up yeah. longer way. Yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Uh, you guys were on... I don't want to go too low. Yeah. You guys were on the right track. The budget was actually $6 million, So Oh, it's even lower? Yeah. God. Yeah, y'all weren't that far from it, so... Uh, what do you think the box office was, Katie? Um, because it was Spike Lee, and it was... I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to say... 25 million. 25. Regina. I have no idea how this movie did because it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so, again, because it was back in the day um, and it's like a horror film, which is not everybody's cup of tea. True. And um, it wasn't necessarily as popular back then. I did 10 mil. 10 mil. Uh, yeah. Regina was on the right path with that made 11.8 million dollars okay nice so yeah you nice all those points you brought up yeah um this is very much a like a cult classic yeah tons of people bring this movie up and they made a part two finally like maybe four or five years ago so this chunk of time went by 
And then... Wasn't any good? Number two's not good. Okay. There's a Tales of the Three, Yes, too. part three is good. They have Tony Todd in that one. And so, so Candyman, he, it's good. I've been told the third one's amazing. I need to watch that. But part two was not good. I, I sat down and watched it, and I was like, oh. Disappoint. It, it just... I mean, they brought up more problems, like, you know, African-American issues and stuff. It just wasn't that good. The stories weren't that good. Just... And maybe they were just trying too hard just to make sure they're like, hey, it's got to be better than the first one. Like, no, don't worry about that. Just just make the stories. Like, we'll watch it. We're not worried about it being better. Mm-hmm. It just, they were just kind of boring. I was sitting there. I was like, this isn't really that good. I'm sad. Uh, I will say the main story was uh, the military, U.S. military. They're trying to come up with a robot, like an AI that they can use to take out the terrorists. And so all these like racist phrases pop up and so the new mr mr sims because the original one he passed away and so uh, he's telling these stories and he's like well if you give it stories to feed the robot then it'll know who's the the, the bad guy gotcha. and so at the end all these stories come up and the robot's like okay i know enough i know who the bad guys are and then it just picks all the racist people in the room just starts lighting them up and i was like oh my lord dude <laughs> and and then like the main bad guy like, tries to get away, and he hops in the car with Mr. Sims, and he's like, oh, I'll give you a ride to hell. And he's like, no. And they drive off. I was like, eh. It just, yeah, it was just the same steps. It just wasn't that good. But, um, but no, it, it it did good. It made its money. So, but later on, like, future-wise, people, man, I, there are groups I'm in, like, horror groups, and every time someone's like, so I know someone saw this movie. It's all these pictures, like, the doll, like, right? Am I the only one that freaked out about this? And all these people come out and like, nah, this movie's scary as fuck. I'm like, yay. So it's 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 one of those things that's burned in a lot of people's brains. Like, I will never forget this movie. This movie's absolutely amazing. So uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Tales from the Hood? If you are severely emotionally sensitive to racial issues, um, like seeing police brutality videos and things like that this movie's gonna fuck you up oh you're right Mm -hmm. so content warning yeah like maybe don't watch this film you could probably do without it because it's it's a lot yeah but i will say it is it it, it's a good one Uh, it's not like one of those things it's not like a institution like you gotta watch it it's just it's a it was a really cool idea that they did and i'm glad they did it because it's funny, like, in history, you know, comedians and shows, they've always joked about, like, like police brutality and stuff. Like, in uh, Don't Be a Menace, while well, Drinking Juice in the Hood in South Central, that movie, there's an arcade game that people are playing, and it's the Rodney King's Last Ride, and it's like, that. it's always been a joke, and sometimes people need to see what that joke's really about, and so, um, it's just one of those things. I, I love that type of horror like, Jordan Peele, that's my boy. Like, mwah. like all the things he does, he just, there's that undertone of, hey, there's a real issue. I'm like, hey, me, it's monsters. It's bad people. Issues. And it's like, it's really good. Like, if you haven't seen Get Out, watch Get Out. That stuff makes your stomach hurt. Uh, multiple sparks that weren't even scary things. It was just how life is. And I was like, oh, my stomach hurts. I don't like this. Um, it, It's great. So, movies like this. Always gets a thumbs up for me because it's different. It's not just a monster walking down the hallway trying to kill people. It's, right. It's, it's different. I, I love it. So, 
Uh, if you have any other cool fun facts uh, about this movie or any really cool like racial horror film, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. Hey, check out the episodes on Facebook. They pop up instantly. It's great because I'm lazy. Um, so yeah, this uh, is 13th episode. We're getting there. We're almost halfway there. I'm happy. So, um, like always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Studio Fitas, thank you for the artwork. I love it. Uh, I need to actually message y'all again. I need some more artwork. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>